I'm Kwana. I'm P. Joey. And welcome to Views from the Chicks, a music podcast where we dissect music and music lyrics as it relates to everyday life. Shout out to my cousin who gave us the track for the theme song. Yes. Thank you, Andrew. Love We're going to have to have it. him on an episode. I know, right? That would be dope. Yes, we have to do that. That would be perfect. Be actually, perfect. talk to him about how is it going with the whole, like, you know, up and coming, you know, starting his business with the music and working with artists and stuff like that and mm-hmm. working with us on <laughs> stuff. And creating his beats and whatnot. Yeah, that would be great. Today's episode, we decided we're going to talk about recent events as it pertains to music. I know this is some heavy, heavy stuff, but we definitely feel like, you know, there's a lot of inspiration for music. And a lot of people have using their musical platforms to express themselves in the most positive way possible, we can say. So we definitely want to touch upon that. And what else, ladies? What else we got? So there's a lot of stuff going on, and I, I actually did, um, did an Instagram post about this earlier this week, like a couple, maybe like four days ago or so. I, I just feel like every time I hear another police shooting, it's just like my just heart, my heart just breaks and breaks and breaks each time. And the last video, I usually try not to watch these videos because it's very traumatic to constantly see this and be bombarded with this sort of news. And the last video I saw with Terrence Crutcher, which I don't know why I decided to watch it, but I just pressed on it and watched it. And I was so angry, just angry, just so, so yeah. So I did this like long Instagram post, I guess. Yeah, it's pretty long. (laughs) But, um, so quoting, it's just so sick of the hashtags and headlines. It's exhausting and heartbreaking. And, you know, that's just, that's really, truly how I felt when I just thought of this. And I don't know, for me, it's just like, you know, it's like if we peacefully protest, that's a problem. If we go into the street and loot and, you know, set stuff on fire and all this stuff, that's a problem. If we you know, boycott things, then it's like, oh, that's a problem. Like, like it's, you know, everybody wants to have an opinion on how people of color should protest. But it's like people are emotional. Like, we're emotional people. We're human beings. So, yes, it's not right for people to loot and burn their town down and, and you know, burn businesses and, and jump on cars and trash things. But people are, like... People are not going to be always going to be peaceful when it comes to violence. Mm -hmm. Like you want like people, you know, these incidences are violence. And then you expect people to act all calm and rational and peaceful and you tell them that's what they should do. But then when you have somebody like Colin Kaepernick, who is Mm. protesting in a peaceful way, that's people are still pissed off about it. So it's like pissed off. Yeah, so and it's, it's like, like there's, silent, there's nothing. Like if you're even if you're silent, if you have a silent protest, it's a problem. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? If you make a comment about it, it's a problem. I mean, I like these little 
gestures that people are doing. I mean, I feel like any gesture at this point is making a difference. Like talking, yeah. you know, piggybacking on football player like Colin Kaepernick, like Cam Newton, he was, you know, getting ready for, you know, practice before, you know, the game. And he wore a T-shirt with on the back. It says, injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere, which is a quote mm-hmm. from MLK. I mean, like just things like that, just so – it's like in everyone's face. I want it to be in everyone's face constantly. I want you. I want it to be down your throat. So you just, just you can't help but to face the issue. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I feel mm-hmm. like um, I went to um, church today and um, shout out to FCBC in Harlem, uh, First Corinthians Baptist Church. But um, the sermon was about truth and owning your truth, right? Mm-hmm. I think as a country, America is not built on truth. I feel like everyone thinks that racism is something that was a thing of the past. But it's just like when when the topic comes up and when the issue comes up, everyone's like, oh, we've been there, done that, it's over, it's a wrap. No, it's not a wrap. There's so much more. There's so much things that we need to talk about. There's so many things that need to be discussed, and everyone should feel uncomfortable. You need to feel uncomfortable because when you feel uncomfortable, you want to do something to make yourself feel better. And you realize something is wrong. And when you realize something is wrong, when you're uncomfortable, that's the point. It's not supposed to be a comfortable conversation. It's not supposed to be like, you know, oh, this is great. Let's talk about racism and, and, you know, injustice and blah, blah, blah. It's like America's bad, little, dirty, nasty, sick secret that nobody wants to talk about. That frustrates me. Like, it's so disheartening. Like, it just, I mean, and back to what you were saying, Kwana, is like, how many more hashtags? I don't want to be hashtagging nothing. What is this a hashtag? What, no more hashtags. I don't want nobody's name to be a hashtag anymore. When when can the hashtag stop? And, I'm, you know, not to take away from anyone who posts on social media, but when they were talking about in church today, like you can repost, you can post, blah, 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 all the time. But what are you doing in terms of action? Because anyone can sit, we can all sit here behind a computer or our yeah. phones and, like, post something. That's fine. Anybody could do that. But right. when you get out there in the front lines and you get in there with the nitty-gritty and you see what's going on outside and you're a part of it, I feel like that's even more inspiration than anything than me just um, posting it on Instagram or saying another hashtag. That's, right. that's yeah. my point. We have to be uncomfortable. It's very comforting being behind my phone or being behind this little speaker, mouse, whatever thing we're on right now. That's very yeah. comfortable to me. But to get out there and be enthralled and be in the mix of everything, that's uncomfortable. Right. Yeah. It's true. It's very true. And it's like, it's crazy because a lot of people would go as far as to say, oh, you know, this whole racism thing, it wasn't even brought to the forefront until President Obama got elected and yada, yada, yada. And, you know, it's on such a rise now. But I truly believe that it's definitely not on a rise. This has been happening for years, decades. This is mm-hmm. it's just the fact that we have outlets like social media and, you know, Facebook and Sometimes the news, I guess, if you want to call it that these days, but you have outlets like that and platforms for people to speak up and voice their opinion and share this knowledge. You know, Mm -hmm. half of the things that we are seeing with these hashtags know that hashtags coming from social media. That's why Mm -hmm. the thing hashtag is relating to social media. But see what it has done. It has brought up that conversation. And it's like, all of these hashtags have all been, most, for the most part, been released through video footage that we are able to see with our own eyes. But it's so sad that even with video footage, America mm-hmm. is still in denial. 
still yep. in denial. They'll deny it. They don't want to own up to it. And it sucks yep. to even clump America like that because we are Americans. We're a part of that. But it just has been become such this segregated, you know, conversation. And it's like, at the end of the day, we're all Americans. So to even say, say it that way, like, sucks. But that's the truth. That's the reality of it. And it's like, people are just like, you know, racism was so long ago. Why don't you guys just get over it? Why does everything have to be black and white? All lives matter. All lives matter. Colin Kaepernick is like disrespecting the flag. And it's like, these are the people who aren't, they're not looking at the Colin Kaepernick thing and understanding why he's doing it. Yeah. And they feel like, well, who is he to protest America when he plays football and makes all this money and blah, 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 which I've heard that too. And I'm like, okay, so because he makes all this money and and he's a a football player, um, he is not allowed to care about what's happening to people who aren't football players, who don't have a lot of money, who, like, he's, you know, he should just look the other way because you say so. Exactly, and he's smart because he knows he has that platform where a lot of people cannot reach the amount of people that he's reaching. They don't. He mm-hmm. was just out of high school. I think it was in Oakland, the football team, while he, he went there to go speak to them, and while the national anthem played, they all laid down on their backs with their hands up. And he was talking to them about, like, how proud he was of them and, you know, just to see, you know, and not even to say that he's touching different celebrities because he probably is obviously opening the eyes of other celebs or other people like him. But he's also touching the youth, the new generation who, Mm -hmm. you know, they don't carry as much hate. They're not as well informed, I guess, in terms of our past. As mm. we are now going through. It yeah, they don't life. have that same relation. Exactly. Not yet because they're young. They don't have enough experiences. I mean, they learn through their family and things that they see, obviously, through social media now. But at the mm-hmm. same time, they're like confused. You know, you have these kids who have mixed friends and, you know, all these other groups. And they're just like, why is it not OK for me to be friends with you? Like, I don't understand why this is an issue. They don't know enough of our history. And it stems down to what they teach in school, too, because all I knew was that black people's history started with slavery and that is not true that's not Mm -hmm. true slavery was part of our history but that is not where our history began what were we doing before? and it's not the whole thing no like we were kings and queens we was living we were doing things Mm -hmm. for ourselves and then someone princesses exactly someone Mm -hmm. came and created this whole slavery thing for their benefit and it sucks because when the school system is even set in place who do you think controls that system not us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it wasn't us. We didn't have any mm-hmm. say in the way that was set up. So it stems to that. It stems to that. If you let the people, if you let our people know that we were once great, we will want to do better. We'll work, mm. you know, we'll prove to them, but they don't want yeah, to. Yeah, we all came history. from greatness. Yeah, they don't want us in our history. So you got young kids or even older kids, you know, succumbing to the quote unquote system. The system holds mm. me back. The man's holding me back. No, no, no. The man lives in your head. Stop that. Stop it. Mm-hmm. He's not real. Mm. Not real. We got to fight harder, yes, but, you know, it's just sad. It's, it's sad. Very sad. What we chose to do for this episode is to, we each picked um, a song that had a message. So, T, you are going first. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> My song of choice is going to have to be J. Cole, Mr. Jermaine, um, and it's called Be Free. And I'm in denial 
And it don't take no x-ray to see right through my smile I know I'll be on the go And it ain't no drink out there that can numb my soul Oh no All we want to do is take the chains off All we want to do is break the chains off All we want to do is be free All we want to do is be free All we want to do is take the chains off All we want to do is break the chains off All we want to do is be free All we want to do is be free Can you tell me why? Every time I step outside I see my niggas die time I heard Be Free was when J. Cole was promoting his album um, Forest Hill Drives on David Letterman and it was all happening mm. um, during the time when everything was happening with um, Mike Brown yeah. and in the song that's that uh, that's the, he did it acoustically didn't he or did yeah, he do he did. Did acapella he did, yeah acapella oh yes um, that was so powerful it was beautiful and powerful I mean if any of you guys get a chance and you really want to feel goosebumps and chills like you would definitely check out that video but within the song he has um, Mike Brown's um, friend who was a witness to the murder you, you hear this young man describing his friend being killed like an animal I mean that just like tugs at my heartstrings too mm-hmm. so in the song in um, one of the hooks it says all we want to do is take the chains off. All we want to do is break the chains off. All we want to do is be free. And I just feel like that right there is so much combined into one. I mean, this man is like a lyrical genius in my head. Um, Mm -hmm. And then he says in another verse, can you tell me why every time I step outside I see my niggas die? I'm letting you know that there ain't no gun that can kill my soul. Just that also, too, is like, you know, like, there's so many. Okay, so it's one of our, you know, rights to bear arms, and everyone has access to guns. Fact. There's nothing we can do to take that away from everyone. But in that verse, him saying is like, you know, it doesn't matter how many guns you come out here with or how many people die or whatever. I'm not going to let this weapon kill my soul and kill my spirit like I'm Mm -hmm. going to still be free you're not gonna shackle me with that Mm -hmm. it's like I feel like the gun is a representation of like fear instilling fear in us do you know what I'm saying like you know I don't Mm -hmm. know if you guys um I think we were all in the same African-American history class in college we were given the assignment to read the William Lynch letter if any of Mm -hmm. all if any of you guys out there have never read the William Lynch letter I highly oh my god I recommend it I completely forgot to be honest that was the first time I even read it so I was just like what the hell never even heard about it but in the in the letter he's it's called um, how to break a slave and and how to break a slave he teaches the slave masters of you have to pin the strong against the weak you have to pin the light against the dark you have to just pin them against each other and make them mm-hmm. pin them female against the male yes make them feel weak make them feel less than and yeah, I feel like the gun is a representation of a way to instill fear in us today 
Yep. You understand what I'm saying? Yep. So mm-hmm. we're seeing the po- police officers with the gun in a way of, of hindering us. And, you know, you got to understand, black people to this day, um, we hold, you know, we hold, like, a lot of self-racism, a lot of self-hatred. Um, and we're, as a culture, we're, we have this inability to stabilize and empower ourselves because millions and eons and years later, Williams. William Lynch still fucking wins. Why does he still get to win? Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and then also Cole also says he's like, are we all alone fighting on our own? Like, like that's the thing. Like, feel we can't let this gun, this symbolism, and this these acts like stifen us from being who we are and taking away our shine and our soul, we can't let them do this because this is another way of them institutionalizing slavery in our heads. And we can't do that. And I think Cole is brilliant. I feel like he doesn't get enough credit for his play on words, his storytelling. Like, if you really dig into the lyrics, it goes deeper and deeper and deeper. I don't know how you guys feel about the song. You know, please share your thoughts. I think, I think it's great. I think it's great, and I'm really glad that we have artists out there who are willing to take that step forward and acknowledge the truth that's going on right now, acknowledge it, and bring it to the forefront. They're just like, I know a lot of people listen to my music, and we are going to discuss this. We're Mm going to discuss this. And, like, Cole has been in the game forever, like, for a long time, but within recent years, that's when he's really got his, like, you know, his, like, moment Mm -hmm. to shine and i think more so because it's so relevant to the time that we're in people can relate more to it Mm -hmm. you know there's people obviously who knew about him before but now that everything that we're going on you see it for yourself you're just like oh he knows what he's talking about he knows what he's talking about i see it i can see it for myself Mm -hmm. like he he knows it i can relate to it i understand it i get this message that he's saying like i get it Yeah. yeah i i definitely feel that I remember when I first watched that video I was like silent Mm -hmm. and I noticed that as he was doing the rap and as he like started with the song it was silent like I didn't hear a pin drop so I know the audience was probably just like 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 nobody breathed you know they were just really listening to what he was talking about yeah it was a very very strong performance and i yeah, it was after that whole Mike Brown thing, and I think he wanted to convey a message, and I'm really happy that he got to do that on, what was it, the, was it Stephen Colbert's show? No, it was on David Letterman. David Letterman, okay. I know it was one of those uh, late night and shows, was, but yeah. I'm, he was very, like, shaken up after it. After yeah. It oh, yeah. Happened. Like, wow. Yeah. Like, felt it, like, he was in show. Yeah. And I'm really happy that he got to do that song on David Letterman. Yes. What a platform. You know, cuz that's yeah, that's a huge platform and people really listened, which is what I was happy about that I could really tell that the audience was really listening. Yeah, what's Thank your you. pick, Juan? Okay, so <laughs> so I actually picked a song that definitely has a message and has some intention behind it, but I feel completely went left. Mm, let me hear it. Yeah, went completely left. And it was actually very controversial when it first came out. Uh, So I picked Accidental Racist by Brad Paisley and LL Cool J. Just like you, I'm more than what you see. I'm proud of 
Understood. I wasn't there when Sherman's march turned the south into firewood. I want you to get paid, but be a slave. I never could. I listened to this song on YouTube, and I wrote down notes as I was listening. And I really feel like, because I, I just wanted to understand where they were coming from with the song, because I do think that they had good intentions, mm-hmm. but it just didn't convey the correct message or convey the message that that they wanted to put out there um but basically i'll start with uh an interview because i after i listened to the song and took notes i watched a quick interview of ella cool j on ellen Mm-hmm. Uh, and she brought it up. She said, you know, the song is controversial. A lot of people didn't get it. A lot of people were angry. Can you please clear the air about what your intention was when you wrote this with Brad? Like, what what did you guys want to convey? So he said, you know, I really want to convey, um, you know, that we really wanted to talk about not judging someone from just, like, face value and, and really following, like, more of a love sort of I guess avenue when you meet people you know I might like a guy might see me with my baggy jeans and my hat and my hoodie and think something and then I may look at him you know this guy from the south with you know the the confederate flag on his t-shirt and then I have a completely you know made up idea in my head of who he is and they you know neither one of those ideas may be the truth so he was like what I really wanted to do with this song was uh, just convey that we're not going to judge on face value. We're going to get to know the person and judge them on their character as as an individual and not as an idea that we may have in their head. So I get what he was saying, but I really don't think the song did that. <laughs> but so a lyric that we have on there is um, this is one of the pieces that Brad Paisley he's singing this in the beginning. So it says. Um, It ain't like you and me can rewrite history. Our generation didn't start this nation. We're still picking up the pieces, walking on eggshells, fighting over yesterday, and caught between Southern pride and Southern blame. Um, So when I read that, I was like, okay, you know, there's points. Yes, we can't rewrite history, and people are very much still walking on eggshells and fighting over, mm-hmm. you know, the past and picking up the pieces of what's going on because you can definitely, you know, still see the effects of slavery and of those um, segregated times today. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes, I mean, knowing 
like personally I have family that lives in the south so I mm. I get to be in the south mm-hmm. um you know usually maybe a couple weeks out of the year I get to visit family and go down there so I've been doing that for years so I have been around the south and people in the south I've never personally seen anything too crazy you know in the south or I don't have any stories of like someone being racist to me in the south or anything like that but um there are plenty of places in the south that still do have the confederate flag and i know that's a big thing because i remember uh be, just being young and being like oh what are we going to eat tonight oh we're going to get barbecue and we're you know going down the highway trying to find a barbecue spot and i'm like oh what about that place yeah we don't go there because they have the confederate flag on the outside mm. and and it's like they have the american flag and the confederate flag and and you know whatever you, else like do you think outside the confederate flag is like a silent protest like it's just like being that's always comes up for discussion and people still you know fly that flag till this day even though it causes so much unrest i think so no it's not no it's not a silent protest or like i'm gonna do this because i know it riles people up no they truly like i mean i i've never seen a black southerner have the confederate flag i've only really seen white southerners uh have it like on their t-shirts or on their cars or on their house or something and it's not like to them their relationship with it is different where they're from the south the the pride that they have in being someone from the south a southerner that's truly how they see it i'm sure there are racist southerners who do you know fly it as well but for the most part the people that i have met who do have that flag it's like yeah well that's where i'm from that's basically a symbol of the south to them and and it's just southern pride which is what brad was saying in the song but i think the problem is that if unity is what you're saying you want like if brad is saying oh we wanted to come together on this song and unite and create this song together and talk about love and talk about respect and talk about you know no judgments or whatever you know if unity and solidarity is what you want and you know that when i see that flag it to me it represents something very hateful very you know against who i am then why would you still fly it mm. you know it's like i'm not going to walk around with a swastika on my shirt right. you know even if like there may be german people who don't see that as a symbol of hate and that's just something but it's like if you know that this is something that is going to cause controversy and and it represents this it's this symbol of hate and and you know death essentially to a large group of people yet you want to say we need to come together and unite and no and not judge and all that stuff that that it's contradictory to me to do that so that's just like one contradictory thing that i noticed um that i felt was within this song Mm -hmm. and then another part which i guess i'm just going to get straight into ll's part (laughs) i'll just read i'll just read what it says because it's just it's just funny dear mr white man i wish you understood what the world is really like when you're living in the hood just because my pants are sagging doesn't mean i'm up to no good Hmm. you should try to get to know me i really wish you would 
Now my chains are gold, but I'm still misunderstood. I wasn't there when Sherman's march turned the South into firewood. I want you to get paid, but be a slave I never could. Feel like a newfangled Django, dodging invisible white hoods. So when I see that white cowboy hat, I'm thinking it's not all good. I guess we're both guilty of judging the cover, not the book. I love to buy you a beer, conversate, and clear the air. But I see that red flag, and I think you wish I wasn't here. Mm. So that that's his portion. I thought that was pretty straightforward. Yeah, you know, I definitely see. I I definitely see. Um, you know, somebody with a Confederate flag on their on their uh, back of their car mm-hmm. or or Jeep or whatever, and I automatically think, okay, well, either you're racist or, you know, you just don't or somehow have some sort of prejudice against minorities or, you know, you're a Trump supporter or something like that. (laughs) But um, the part that that I didn't appreciate of this song, which is after that, after uh, LL Cool J's portion, um, Brad comes back in singing, I'm just a white man coming to you from the Southland, uh, trying to understand what it's like not to be. And in between that, <laughs> L.O. Cool J is like, if you don't judge my do-rag, I won't judge your red flag. What? <laughs> if, you don't, if you don't judge my gold chains, I'll forget the iron chains. Wow. Like, Wait, what? <laughs> this just completely went left. This just Real completely quick. went the okay. Now we need to stop. Now this is, we need to stop because now I'm equated to the red flag. He thought that was that's what I'm level. saying. I'm like, okay, so a do rag and a Confederate flag are are equal well, because the do rag represents all of us. Oh, okay, yes. all right, cool. <laughs> And if you don't judge my gold chains, I'll forget the iron chains. If you don't judge the jewelry that I'm wearing, I'll forget that my ancestors were slaves. Because you don't look at me and my gold chains and think I'm a rapper who uh, sells drugs and and has like 50 kids and all that. Like what? Because you don't judge his jewelry, you're, you'll forget that he... I, it just didn't make any sense to me. The song is not, I mean, it's not a good song. <laughs> it's not. But um, it wasn't horrible until it got to that point. Maybe I'm just being nice about it. But, uh, yeah, it wasn't a wasn't a horrible song until I got to the end. And then I was like, oh, no. This, this somebody needed. And somebody sat in the studio and was like, yep, yep. This is that's it. it. This that's is going to put you on the map. Got a hit. This is fire. We got a hit, guys. Yeah. And you know it's funny because maybe it's because like he he's doing rap, so for him he's like, oh, you know what? I gotta dumb this down and make sure that you know my people who listen to this rap music can understand. So he tries to draw a comparison between the red yeah. flag and the do rag, but it's like you don't think we're smarter <laughs> than that? Like really? You think we? This is the only way yeah. we're gonna understand, right? Oh, okay, yeah. all right. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean it. They tried, you know, they had good intentions behind it, um, but it uh, it just Damn. didn't really work. Out. Yeah, and and when as I watched the interview with LL Cool J on Ellen, he was explaining. I get what he was talking about, and I was like, okay, I understand his point of view. I don't think 
the execution was well. Mm-hmm. But I understand his point of view. So then I clicked over to Brad Paisley uh, because he was on Ellen maybe like a couple days or a week or so before LL Cool J was, and she asked him the same question. So we have this song. It's controversial. People are not happy about it. What is your intention? Blah, blah, blah. And he really didn't answer too much. He was just kind of like, oh, well, you know, we just wanted to come together and create this song and, you know, unite. And, you know, I I really think that we did a great job with, you know, trying to like, and she was like, you know, but a lot of people don't understand. They're, They're really upset about this song and maybe they didn't get it. Like, what's the message you're trying to convey? He's like, you know, I don't know. I just, you know, like, just listen to it. Make up your own mind. And if you don't like it, oh, well. And I was just like, okay. Yeah. If you're going to make a song like that, you better make sure you know what you're talking about. Or at least try to, you know, like, if your fans are like, hey, what's happening? Or if people are like, hey, what's going on? Because once I heard LL Cool J's portion, Mm -hmm. well, once I heard his interview, then I understood, okay, where he was coming from. So I didn't hate the song as much. I mean, mm-hmm. I still think it's a really bad song. If I maybe want to understand where they're coming from and I only watched Brad Paisley's interview, mm-hmm. I would have been like, so so, what is this? Now, then I would have really been like, oh, so you don't even have an explanation. So you don't even know. So you're just doing stuff, huh? That's it. Shame. But, yeah. Well, that's my song. <laughs> Good one. Definitely a different like perspective. Yeah, I like how you have a message. I like how you flipped it because it shows how messages can get kind of like misconstrued in a sense. Mm -hmm. You know, depending on the artist, and they have to make sure that they can convey it properly too. That's important. This is you know, music is art. Yes, music is art. It is left for. And sometimes you have to defend your art. You have to, but you have to know how to like. Mm Art is up to, you know, the the interpretation of its viewers. They have to people have to keep that in mind as musicians. Well let's see. Okay, so my song, I decided to do a song by the Chicago based rapper. His name is Mick Jenkins. He's on the come up. I am like newly obsessed with him. So one of the first singles is called Drowning. Before I knew it, I was drifting in the middle of the ocean. I can't breathe. So I'm really? like, this nigga thirsty? Like, what's, what's up? What's up? 
So I was watching, um, he did an interview with Hot 97 about two weeks ago, talking about there's a purpose behind why he uses water. And water, you know, water is essential to life. We need it to survive. Mm-hmm. Yes. Without so for him, water symbolizes the truth. Mm-hmm. So water, whether it's in the form of like drinking more water or I'm drowning or, you know, something of that sort. It's always mm-hmm. referencing truth, knowledge, acknowledging your reality. You know, he more so talks about no truth for yourself, not with the media and, um, you know, the media and these magazines and all these people who think that they know their stuff, these news outlets, how they control the narrative, especially when it comes to black people. Know your history. Mm-hmm. Know your facts. Drink more water. Mm. So on, I like that. I love that. And after hearing that, I was just like, oh, I'm going to listen to you. I'm, I'm listening. You got my phone. I am Googling right now. <laughs> so, yes. Yeah, so he recently yeah. dropped his debut album on September 23rd, about two days ago, called THC, The Healing Component. Oh, THC. Yeah. Very intended. See, he's very intentional. Love that. Yeah. Love it. <laughs> yes. So, okay, so the video and the song, they go perfectly together. Because you, you ever know when you listen to a song and you got the whole video in your head and then you go watch the video and it just doesn't add up? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this one adds up perfectly. You get it. You get it. Oh, like, nice. As he's saying things in the song, the scene is playing with the video, and I just love how there's synchronicity in that. So... In the video, I guess I'll describe the video briefly. So in the video, you know, he's portraying being a slave and being held down by the masters. So it starts Mm -hmm. off with him being um, held down in water by these two slave masters. And he basically escapes captivity and he finds like this drifting raft in the ocean. So he jumps on it. And as he's trying to float away into the ocean, he sees all these floating bodies under the level of the water like other slaves. So he Mm. saves them along the way. They all get on the boat and they work together. When they make it to the other side, they meet other other slaves who I guess maybe they previously escaped already. So they all work together to save everyone. And they capture the two slave masters who had them in captivity before. So their their Mm. first instinct was to retaliate. They look at each other and they're like, oh, yeah, we're going to get them. And they start suffocating them, suffocating the slave masters under the water. But the Mm. little girl starts running to them and she's screaming like, no, stop, stop. Like, this is not the way. And they look at her and then they let the two men go. And that's how the video ends. Mm. So then when you listen to the song, he says, one of the lyrics is, I was high and I was starting to lose focus. Then I stumbled in the water. I was tripping. I was choking, saying I can't breathe. And in the background, he says, with this motherfucking flag around my neck. Mm. That's in the background as he's saying I can't breathe. So for everyone who doesn't know, that is a direct reference to the Eric Garner case, whose last words were I can't breathe as he was being strangled by a New York cop for selling cigarettes. Mm -hmm. And then the cop responded, fuck your breath. Uh, Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yes. So what he's saying is that I was high and I was starting to lose focus. Now, high, that's in, he references weed a lot too, which is why his album is THC, The Healing Component. When he's mm-hmm. talking about being high and starting to lose focus, you're drifting away from the truth. You're starting to lose focus. You're not clear about what's in front of you because you're listening to what everyone else is telling you or what they're telling you to believe what not to believe, I should say, in yourself and what your truth is. You're listening to that. You're getting caught up in the media, so to speak. 
Then mm-hmm. I stumbled in the water. I was tripping. I was choking. You stumbled in the water. You got knowledge, whether it be from an experience or you doing your research or if we want to talk about recent events, seeing that play out in front of you live and direct. You're witnessing that this is the truth that we live in right now. This is happening. Mm-hmm. Racism is real. So you witnessing that, you can't even contain, like you can't control it because you can't handle the truth. You're starting to choke on this water. You're choking on this knowledge. You don't know how to Mm -hmm. interpret it because you're so like confused. Like all this time they told me that this was my truth. Like I'm so Mm -hmm. oblivious to all this that's going on, but I found the water. I got the knowledge and I'm seeing this for myself. And now he can't breathe because he's drowning so much that it's stifling him. So, like, toxic to him. He can't breathe anymore. All right. So, that's one part. So, then another part he says in the chorus, it's, when a real nigga holds you down, you're supposed to drown, right? When a real nigga holds you down, you're supposed to drown, right? And then he contemplates and he goes, wait, wait, that don't sound right. And that is actually a quote from Kanye West, Bound 2. Mm. He says when a when a real nigga the one where he's on Kim is on his yeah. motorcycle <laughs> yeah Lord on the motorcycle mercy. can we not talk about the video though <laughs> oh. that's the one where the song in the ugh. yes the song in the video I think um. he just wanted to sorry no it's cool making this ratchetness <laughs> cool. like oh yeah, yeah. That whole video. okay but yes <laughs> like <laughs> why <laughs> what was the whole point like what are you trying to do we get it we get it we get it we get it i get it i get it i get it like enough but yes yeah. okay so <laughs> it represented it connie's bound too so what mm-hmm. he's saying, you know, when a real holds you down, he's supposed to drown. Everyone is so, like, caught up in, you know, you the real one. I'm a real nigga. I got your back. You know, I only mess with my real ones, my day ones. Your real mm-hmm. ones are supposed to represent the people that got your back. But in this line, he's saying the real ones are, are got my back, but I'm still being held down. So that can be interpreted in two ways. That can either represent the system. The system is supposed to have your back. They're supposed to, you know, supposed to work hard and get what you want but sometimes it doesn't come that way and you're still restricted in certain areas or as as it relates to these recent events it could be the police we're supposed to have trust Mm -hmm. in the police they're supposed to have Mm -hmm. our back and supposed to be safety for us but they're the ones killing us Mm -hmm. you know so it's like this is confusing this is confusing to the naked eye the mind can't even comprehend that because it's like Mm -hmm. okay who do i call when the police is attacking me more police who yeah i call on you have another yeah. option there you're just stuck to deal with that situation that's the reality yeah you know that yeah that's insane um i mean just to like piggyback off of that joey i was reading somebody had posted a story on facebook i think it was a woman who worked uh she works in like the court the court rooms and whatnot i'm not sure what she does but there was a, a case that I guess she was sitting in on and it was a, a just like a, you know, like a small like ticket. Like this guy had gotten two tickets mm-hmm. from uh, a police officer. So he's standing there and, you know, you have to come in and kind of like defend and whatever, try to fight the ticket. So the judge, she dismissed both tickets because she asked him, she was like, well, you had your driver's license and your insurance on you, right? He's like, yeah. So she, so she's like, okay, so why didn't you get it? He was like, because I refused to reach for them. 
And she's like, okay. He was like, they were on the side of me. And when he asked me to get it, I said, sir, I'm not moving. I, w- I refuse to reach for it. Wow. And she said that the courtroom was silent. You could hear a pin drop. Wow. Because what are you going to say to him? Yeah. What are you going to say? Yeah. And I was like, yo, I would have done the same thing. I'd be like, you want me to get what? It's in my purse, but I'm not reaching for yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, you reach for it. Yeah. No, I'm not getting it. I'm I'm going to sit right here. That could be the protocol. Like, you want, you, you suspicious of me, you think, I'm like, you reach Yeah, exactly. You, you something come back out and bite you, then that's your business. Mm-hmm. So then I'm not making, because if you make the slightest move, then that's when. That's what I'm saying. It's like it's supposed to be instilling fear into us. This is yeah. like fear. Like, no. Just like, you know, terrorism is like an act of like, you know, making people not want to live, you know, their daily lives. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. especially here in New York when we have the whole bombing stuff. Yeah. It's like people do those things to scare us so we don't want to go about and our day as regular we don't want to wake up we don't want to leave our house we don't want to have fun we don't want to do activities like you can't let these things stop you from living and being free and this is just another way to just target a certain group and make them feel like they are not free yeah mm-hmm. so i don't need any more i didn't i don't need any more reasons for you to make me feel like i'm not free you know what i mean like don't give me anything yeah. else like I feel like, you know, I feel like in some songs you're like, oh, you, um, slavery is like a long time ago, but we still have a long way to go. We really do. Like, I, I hate when people say like, oh, yeah, that was back then, blah, 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 blah. But I mean, come on. Crazy. Mm-hmm. But Joey, I think that is a great pick. And I will, I will be downloading his uh, music uh, and I will be definitely looking it up as soon as I get home tonight. Oh, it's it's yes. so good. Like the album just came out so I haven't listened to everything but he has his entirety. Yeah. He has that song Drowning. He has Spread Love, which is another really, really great one. I think that's another single because that was available on iTunes before the actual release. But so good. Such good material. And then also like in his um in his interview with Hot Ninety Seven, he was he was basically telling what he wanted to convey through the song Drowning in the video. So from his mouth, what he was saying was that in the video, you see two things. You see the black man drowning, and then at the end, they're drowning the slave master, both drowning for two different reasons in two mm-hmm. different truths, two different mm. realities. So I was just like, oh, okay. So he said, wow. he said the point of that was, you know, we are just like, you know, we put so much weight on the oppressor mm-hmm. saying you guys have to stop treating us like this you got to stop killing us like this you got to stop doing that but he's just like we have to do some changing within ourselves we have to be better we have to let them know that we are great and we Mm -hmm. are capable and you guys are not going to hold us down and it's like Mm -hmm. when you um, realize that that's the switch that's the switch yeah it's like you know what and we can't be like them. And we, exactly. We can't be like them. Because in the video, you know, they were going to fight fire with fire. They were going to try to suffocate him in the water, drown him in the water. But mm-hmm. the girl, the young girl, she's the one that came to the picture. And I think they chose a young person on purpose because she represents mm-hmm. the youth in a sense of how the youth is the one that's going to save us. We're already so, mm-hmm. you know, older people are kind of stuck in their ways. Older people in terms of like you know, people who are racist or even mm-hmm. people who are not or people who are hurt. Or her, people who grew up during that time. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. like your parents' ideas may be different than yours. Exactly. 
Exactly. I'm sure my daughter's idea of race in this country will be a little different than mine. Exactly. Mm. Exactly. So it's saying the youth are are going to be more. They're going to be smarter in terms of approaching the situation. You know, I feel like right now it's definitely a good start because social media. The young kids are obviously all over that. Oh, all yeah. over it. You know, I feel like I'm getting old because. I hear my nieces talking about certain things and having certain conversations, and I'm just like, wow, I don't even know what I was doing when I was your age. But they're interested. Mm-hmm. They're interested in these topics, and to see them mm-hmm. so young, you know, already talking about these things, I'm like, yeah. And so pro-black. I love mm. it. So pro-black. I Like, I really wish I was, like, when I was, you know, like, my sister is 17, going on 18, and she and her friends are like, you, oh, hey, girl, melanin poppin', pro-black, <laughs> we are so pretty. Like, I didn't hear that growing up. Yeah. Especially not from other black girls. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And and it's so different now, the way they think about it, the way they act, the way they move, especially, you know, in terms of being a black girl, a black woman. Mm-hmm. It's I love it. I love it. The way they just, like, kind of give props to each other, like... Girl, you see her hair, the braids is popping, mm-hmm. her highlighter is on point, yeah. look at her skin, it's glowing, like, yeah. they, you can tell, like, this generation is so different as far as their relationship with their blackness, and it's mm-hmm. so good to see. So good, and it's it's lovely because you can see it for yourself, even with, like, the natural hair movement. Yes. You just see yes. every black girl I see now, it's like, oh, my God, your hair is beautiful. Or, you know, I yeah. just went natural. I just did that. And it's just embracing who you naturally are. And I feel like yeah. that's a bold statement within itself. Yeah, You know what I mean? Yeah. And it, it sucks that it shouldn't have to be because this is who we are. But the fact that we're accepting it and it's just like, you're going to accept me however I am because this is who I am. And there's nothing you can do about it. Nothing. Mm-hmm. Nothing you can do. Yes. You know? Yes. Good segment, ladies. Great segment. I really like your pick. You guys picked really good. Well, I'm going to look up all these because I'm very curious. Oh, (laughs) yeah. Very curious. You'll get a good laugh at that. (laughs) (laughs) Good. Well, yeah, let's move on to something like more um, happy. Yeah. (laughs) Like, yeah, this was was a lot. I found myself getting so emotional. I feel like I was cracking. Like, I was about to cry. I know. Passionate about it. We can relate. As black women, we can relate. We have black families, black brothers and sisters, cousins, friends. Like, we are living this. Men, black men in our family. Black, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My brother. Yeah, you know? But, yes, for real. Okay. So, let's let's switch it to something a little more happy. So, Quan, yeah, let's a little lighter. Yeah. So, I will be leading the game tonight. And I wanted to pick... Uh, something a little bit fun, you know, knowing that we were going to talk about this subject in the beginning. So, this game is Guess That Song, mm. ladies. <laughs> that song. Um, so, I asked you two to pick um, pick two songs by two different female artists from the 80s. Mm-hmm. So, that's our uh, genre for today. 80s, fierce female artists is the way that I described it. So I will begin. I have, uh, I'll just do my first song, and then we'll just go around. And, you know, if we have one or we have two, whatever, we'll just uh, roll with it at this point. All right. Um, So I'm going to give three clues to what this song is, and you guys will guess. Okay. Okay. 
Okay, so my first song <laughs> um, is actually by, it's sung by a female who is in a band. Okay. There is two people in this band. It's a duet, and the lead singer is female. Okay. Um, okay, so clearly. Uh, and it is a female, and her bandmate is a male. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this band with this female lead singer is from London, England, and this female is known for her androgynous look. And the song that I am referring to for this female singer, in this video, she actually has an orange crew cut, and she's in a boardroom, like in an office, wearing a men's black suit, and she... I mean, very, very, like, hard look androgynous. Very cool, you know? And um, the name of the song, I'm pretty sure, is also the name of the album that it's on. So uh, I'm trying to give more clues to this. If you guys have to, like, Google on the sign mm-hmm. and try to figure it out. Yes, so the band is from London, England, number one. And it's two uh, people? It's two people. It's a it's a female lead singer and a male is her bandmate. They're both from London, England. Uh, this woman is known for her androgynous look. And in the video, because this is the video of the song that I'm choosing, in the video she has an orange crew cut, bright, like neon orange crew cut. Okay. Um, and she's wearing a men's suit in a boardroom. Looking very strong and fierce, singing into the camera, like straight into the camera. I was thinking of someone, but then I'm just like, she's not really androgynous. (laughs) And it's from the 80s. And it's a bit like, you'll know this song. Once I tell you the song, you you will definitely (laughs) have heard it. Definitely have heard it. Anybody want to take a wild guess? Does it start with a C? <laughs> no. <Okay. laughs> I was like, let me not play myself fully. Let me let me test my luck for you. Googling androgynous <laughs> women singers from the eighties. So I'm literally trying to go off of memory, but Yes. London, England, you'll hear the song and you will know. You will know. If you give up, just let me know. I was trying to pick clues that would like really, really help, but I tried to pick something from the video because then you there's a visual there. That you could pick from. Oh, oh, wait, hold on. I just had a thought, huh? I yes, I know what you're talking about. I literally just started singing the song in my head. Yeah. Well, are they British? I don't know if she's British though. No, I'm singing the song, but I don't know their name though. But what's the name of the song? Hey, <laughs> so long. <laughs> Sweet dreams. Yes. <laughs> Dreams by the Arrhythmics. Oh, okay. So I would have never yes, gotten it. I've got it. Annie Lennox. Annie Lennox no, is the it. lead singer. I was saying, once you started describing the video, I was like, oh my gosh. Hello? Yeah. Hey. Hey. Oh my gosh. No, it's not fair. My mic muted, and I was saying, Sweet Dreams are made of the year. And no <laughs> one tried to get It's kind of ignoring me. Why is she ignoring me? I'm oh talking to you. It's the button. Oh my my hey, button. You hit the button oh again. That's me because the button is. 
Oh my god, are you serious? I was taking sweet dreams. Hey, you, my button thing. Ah. Damn. Oh, oh, damn. Wait, but T, when did you figure it out? I'll back because I was like, the only thing that I can think of for the 80s is sweet dreams and maybe. Yes, that's it. She said the video, then I started singing it, and I remember she kind of had like a deeper voice. Yeah. Man, I didn't know that was a woman. Yeah. I never got the name, though. Never got the name because I don't remember. Annie Lennox of the Eurythmics. Oh, that's so funny. See, you guys, you just gotta, if I'm quiet, that means my mic is muted. I know, I'm I was loud. Like, I think Kirk is muted. <laughs> this is what happens when it's live. Okay, see, you go, since you've been silenced, you go. <laughs> okay, hold on. Okay, so my person, so this song is 100 Greatest Pop Songs of All Times. Okay. Mm. Song is featured on Clueless, <laughs> Big Mama. Sisters of the Traveling Japan, Miami Vice, Family Guy. A woman from the 80s? Yes. The song is featured on all these or the girl, the woman is? The song is featured on all these. Really? Yes. Oh, damn. Clueless the movie? Yes. Hmm. I think. You have any other clues? Yeah, any other clues? This person's career has spanned over 30 years. And, fun fact, she managed a wrestler named Wendy Richer. What? Fun, fun fact. You would have never guessed. This person's a legend. And their voice is very... Okay, just think... Okay, I'll give you guys a clue. Tutus. What? Tutus? Yeah. Madonna? No. That's what I was thinking. No? And then another song that she has is one of the best love songs of all time. And it was covered. Oh, fun fact. This song, this is a love song that she's had. It's covered by a number of artists, including Miles Davis and Little Mo. What the hell? Oh, oh, um, uh, is it Cindy Lauper? Oh, yeah. Wait, what's Little Mo? Time After Time. Yeah, I got it. And the song that, that was featured on Clueless, Big Mama, Sisterhood of Traveling Pants, Miami Vice, Family Guy is Girls Just Wanna Have Fun. Yes! Oh, wow, these are good. Yes! Cindy yes! Lauper, y'all. Yes. Like, yes. Yeah, I thought of Madonna, but I'm like, wait, who else did tutus? Cindy Lauper. Yeah. And she managed a wrestler. Who would I, I wouldn't do that. That's crazy. Yeah, fun fact for you <laughs> listeners out there. All right, all right, let's do mine. Let's do mine. Okay, okay, okay. Um, okay, okay. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> all right, um, okay, so this lady, she, let's say this song, it's about confidence. Mm. Okay, I'll say that. Ooh, 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 yeah. I will survive. Nah, man, let me get my other clue. <laughs> <laughs> good try, though, good try. Now, now y'all know my mic is working. Okay. I know. <laughs> okay, so the song is about confidence. We'll say that, okay? This lady was in a famous female group, and my last fact, she has famous children. Famous children. Yes. How famous? Pretty famous. One is more famous than the others, but I think I need another clue to the song. Um, so she was part of a group, and then she went solo. 
Yes. This song is actually her song, but she was in a female group through a majority of the 80s. And after she disbanded, she went solo, kind of like, no, I ain't even going to say that because that will totally give it away. But hmm. <laughs> Beyonce, kind of like Beyonce. Yes, that's what I was going to say. Damn it, Tardiqua. But okay. Well, I still don't know. <laughs> okay, so she has famous children. She was in a female group. That's how she started, and then she went solo, kind of became like a Beyonce of the 80s. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, she has famous children. Is she black? Is there, she like, white? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> it depends. Is there a clue to, like, like what's the video for the song? What does it look like? Um, is hmm. it Whitney? No, but she is down with the swirl. Oh. Oh, oh, Diana Ross. Yes. <laughs> Wait, wait, which song? I'm coming up. Uh, ah! <laughs> yeah. Nice. And then if you said down with the swirl, you were on that team, honey. I was on it. And she does have famous children. Yes, she yeah. does. Tracy Ellis Ross's mama. Love her. Love yeah. her. That's so good. Yay. Oh. Great episode, lady. God, I'm so glad to be happy because the previous section was getting me a little riled up, man. I know. Oh, did you just say the S word? <laughs> did you just say sex? What did I say? I said the section. The previous section. Oh, okay. Wait, why did you say the S word? Like, that's a bad word. <laughs> But <laughs> I know you know you were the one talking like you were ready when the. You no, know you went to church today, T. I, I did, I did, but you know it bees like that sometimes. Okay, and it's Sunday, holy day. Yes, mm-hmm. hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, shut up, yeah. <laughs> that was good. Uh, I have one more. Okay, let's do it. Okay, I think you guys will get her. Okay. Okay, so this woman is originally from Tennessee. <gasps> Now, she lives in Switzerland. <gasps> Tina Turner. Yes. <laughs> oh, shit. But her song, this song gave her her third, uh, her actually gave her her 11th Grammy uh, as an artist win and gave her her third, uh, like, record, like, Grammy for record. What's love got to do with it? Yes. Yes. <laughs> that was a good guess, but and I was gonna say she's known for her legs. I think once I would have said that, you, you would have known. It, yeah, you're so. good, T, because it only took you two, two. Fast. I know. I know. Hold on. But you from Tennessee? Yes. Well, well as soon as no, I said, no, no, I didn't know she was from Tennessee. I was about to say Dolly Parton. Then you said Switzerland, and I was like, the only person I know moved to Switzerland is Tina Turner, mm, and she yep. changed her citizenship over. Yep, the Swiss. You guys know I'm all, I didn't even know that, guys. Yeah, she's a citizen of of Switzerland. Was that yes. recent or like years ago? Mm-hmm. Uh, this I think is when she got married, right? Yeah, she married a um, guy who's Switzerland, Sw- Swedish. Okay. And um, she changed over. No, not Swedish. Swedish is Sweden. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Swiss. oh, she's Swiss. <laughs> Whoa. I had to Quit. think. Hold up now. Let me, let me. No, I had to think. Of, I was like, wait. No, no, no. Swedish. With the, no, that's Sweden. Because <laughs> I'm like, Swiss. it's all right, girl. It's okay. <laughs> we knew exactly what you meant. Clearly, we have to call it a night because I'm, I'm wide open right now. I gotta, <laughs> I gotta go. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, this was good. Right. You guys guessed. So that was really good. That was good. That was Yay. 
great game, Quana. Mm, I hope everybody else is guessing as well with us. I'll try to find some more games that we can play. Yeah. Quana likes it. Great episode, ladies. And everyone have a great week. And, um, yeah, check us out on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Yes, Instagram, Hi. Views from the Chicks. Our, is our Twitter live? Twitter is live. Mm-hmm. I yes. think just search us, Views from the Chicks. No C-K-S. That's two X's. Okay. Mm-hmm. X-O-X-O. It's a gossip girl. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Good night. <laughs> All right, ladies. Till next time. Until next time. Right. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Adios.